All right, folks, welcome back to the Be The Bright podcast presented by Ridge Supply. My name is Matt Hawkins. I'm the owner of Ridge Supply. This is Jordan. I think he's down today. Uh, this is Jordan Spoon. He's um, our dude behind Instagram's Arsenal account, our ambassador group. And our special guest today is Matthew Kudelik. Matthew Kudelik is coming to us from uh, Northern Virginia right now. And he's a longtime friend of mine and uh, an Arsenal member as well, one of the original Arsenal members. Mr. Kudelik, welcome. Thank you very much, Matt and Jordan. I appreciate it. It's great to be here this morning. Well, Glad to have you on. Yeah, man. Um, we uh, Just a quick background story. Um, we met when you were um, you're in the Marine Corps. You're stationed down here at, at Lejeune, uh, where I live. Um, I think it was 2013. Does that sound about right? Um, something yeah. like that? It was uh, February 2012. of 2013, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and we, we, had a, we had a local group ride, and um, <clears throat> we were just kind of getting a team started uh, at the shop, and um, I'd never seen you before, and, and you and, um, and Josh Adams uh, were on that ride, mm -hmm. and I'd never met either one of you guys before, and when we, when we got back to the shop, um, the, the owner of the shop asked me to talk to you guys and 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 see if you'd be interested in racing with us and um both of you were you know you could you know how you can just tell somebody's strong um uh you know you were strong enough where i knew you you could race but you, you could also tell that maybe you hadn't had the experience of doing it yet so but i i reached out to you guys and walked over to you and talked to you and um it was cold it was like in the middle of the winter right so mm -hmm. but uh I remember you saying that you were uh, you were loyal to a certain bike brand. You remember this, and you couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't matter. You know, like you don't have. It's okay which bike. It doesn't matter which bike you. Um, but we we actually ended up doing a race uh, pretty soon after that. Like maybe mm -hmm. like three weeks or something later. Um, and I remember just being so excited to take you and Josh to this race <laughs> for the first time. And uh, I talked y'all's ear off, I think, on the way out. Probably scared you half to death on how, how not serious a Cat 5 race is. But yeah. um, it was serious. Yeah. It's and always so serious. That's how we met. Um, what, tell, tell me what you remember about that, because I'd like to hear your, your version of that story. Yeah, that's about it. I was total amateur hour. I'd started, I had just started riding a bike, in fact. It was, I had less than 1,000 miles on a bike, probably less than 500 miles. And so I was operating out of pure ignorance and stupidity. And uh, didn't know anything about racing or anything like that, but you intrigued me. So yeah, we, uh, myself and Josh decided to race with you. It was up near High Point actually, uh, yeah. in a seven or eight mile loop Cat 5 race. So we spent two and a half hours from five in the morning till 7.30 strategizing the Cat 5 race. <laughs> Really building it out. Remember I told you about being, being the shark? Do you remember oh, that? Oh yeah, gotta be the shark. <laughs> gotta be the shark. That was the uh, first experience I had, and there was so many crashes in that race. I was scared to death and scarred for the rest of until now of, of racing in huge, massive groups. Yeah, that's basically what happened to you guys. You were strong enough to be up towards the front, but it's so easy, especially when the road's not closed. Um, there was enough pe I, There must have been seventy or seventy-five people in that oh, yeah. in that race, and so you get pushed to the back, and it's really hard to like bully your way back up to the front. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just remember it was like little bombs going off behind you'd hear the push and people would right. just scatter into the woods and um 
There yeah. were people literally headbutting on a Cat 5 race in the middle of the race <laughs> as if it's they're going for a World Tour UCI sprint. I mean, it was insanity. Guys headbutting and getting launched off the bike. It was just horrific. Great that experience. Sounds, Good. sounds like a phenomenal first experience <laughs> to racing. Good intro, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And then and then we so we we rode we rode some more after that. Um, uh, you know, group rides and stuff. And I remember um, before we did the second race, which wasn't that far after that. Mm. I remember uh, it started to warm up a little bit, and you and I went out and uh, we rode with Josh and. We you weren't wearing tights or leg warmers for the first time, and I, I noticed just during the ride. You know, you don't want to say something to somebody you've never really met before, but I mean, I was like, your leg was kind of like uh, mangled up pretty good, and I was like, dude, what happened to your legs? So tell us, tell us about what happened happened to your happened to your leg. So yeah, two years prior to meeting you, I had uh, in Afghanistan on five March two thousand ten. I was shot by a sniper in a place called uh, Lackey, Afghanistan. Uh, so this high velocity bullet impacted the right side of my, inside of my right leg caused an open compound fracture of the tibia. It severed two or three arteries in my leg. I totally bled out. Uh, it severed nine centimeters of my tibial nerve. I had to get, I had compartment syndrome because I bled out. And uh, so that required a fasciotomy, which is a massive scar on the right side of my leg. Um, the bottom line is it required two years, 11 surgeries over two years. Uh, the Lord saved my leg and my life. It's a pretty miraculous story. But after my 11th, 10th surgery in July of, or I'm sorry, May of 2012, so 14 months after I was shot, I was in extreme pain. I couldn't walk. I was very discouraged. No exercise for a year and a half. I uh, went up to Portsmouth, Virginia, and I told the sur orthopedic surgeon there, I said, look, if you can't fix it, just take, amputate my leg because was, I was in extreme pain every day. And this uh, mad scientist, orthopedic surgeon named Robert Gaines, he said, oh, no, I got it. Here's your three options. And this is the third option. We're going to do an osteotomy. We're going to saw your tibia and your fibula totally in half. We're going to rotate your leg, realign it. Then we're going to put a rod in the length of your tibia and put in four screws to adjust it. And you'll be good to go. Get one more surgery on your foot, uh, fusing my toes straight so they, so they wouldn't be curled under and you'll be good. Well, after that surgery, he said, I want you to start riding a stationary bicycle. And so I got back to Camp Lejeune and literally the first exercise in a year and a half, I got on a stationary bicycle with my physical therapist uh, and I rode for about 15 seconds and it was extremely painful. Um, I had tears in my eyes because it was the, the pain of it and trying to start the road to recovery again, 14 months after getting shot was a very daunting task. But after that, I was like, wow, this is incredible. And it just so happened in July was the Tour de France. So I was like, oh, I've always watched that, but I've never cycled. And I picked up a bike, a used bike, and I started riding it. The first ride was about uh, 17 miles, and I was hooked then. So I deployed back to Afghanistan in 2012 um, for seven months. And then I got back, and then that's when I met you, was in January of 2013. And then we started riding together. It was cold, like you said, and then I had still had a massive scar. I mean, my, my scars really didn't – they're still there. They didn't really reduce for about five or six years. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a unique scar based off the fasciotomy. I have a skin graft in my thigh and my lower leg. So you can see all the inner workings of my right leg on the outside of my leg, all the muscles and tendons and everything. And that's when I met you and it was, you know, it was pretty cool. But then what the rest of the story or the, the rest of the beginning of the story is you really motivated me to say, hey, look, you know, I, I never ridden more than 27 miles. I used to get smoked on a 27 mile ride and then you said, let's do a hundred mile ride. And so I'll never forget that Saturday morning where you, you and about five of us, you literally pulled me around uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina, 
and we pushed, but yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, that was my first century, literally a couple months after I started writing. Yeah. Uh, so that was my introduction to you, but it was you know nothing but positive memories since then. But yeah, I'll never forget when you saw my leg for the first time. That was a bit awkward, but you know, it's okay. Well, it was, you know, honestly where we live, you know, we do have a lot of, um, a lot of folks that you see around that are, you know, that have been injured uh, or, or missing some limbs. And um, it's honestly not that uncommon down here. And, and so instead of gawking and staring, you know, normally you just thank people for their service and chat them up. And, but you were, um, you were, you were decently, I would say decently strong back then, you know, for, for not having any um, real experience. Um, and the injury aside, but you know, you, you did, you, you ran before that, right? You were, you were kind of a right. runner. Prior to getting shot. I mean, I've been the Marine Corps for 10 years, but I've ran six marathons, countless half marathons, 10 mm-hmm. Ks. I was decent. Yeah. But the only time I've ever ridden a bike is I did a sprint triathlon on a whim in 2006 or so down right. in South Carolina. That's the only time I've ever ridden a bike. Um, but due to my injuries, I couldn't run at the time. Uh, that's a different story, but I didn't run for 10 years. So I, uh, cycling was my only form of exercise. And yeah. you never know what it's like until you can't exercise for two years. And all of a sudden now you can do cardiovascular training. Then you have a goal to train for, you know, I'm obviously goal oriented, like to punish myself. And so I did all I could to ride as much as possible, get on every group ride. I mean, that was where I grew was in the local bike shop group ride that used to do a 27 mile loop and I'd get smoked, get dropped. And you start at a baseline of zero and you get to where, you know, I've got some relative experience now. Here it is, yeah. ten year, eight years later. Uh, Matt, Matt had told me kind of, I guess, a little bit of your backstory. But I didn't realize it was quite as severe and, I guess, as bad as it was. Um, and but it's pretty cool how that ultimately led you into pretty much a lot of what you've accomplished now, which I do know about. So, yeah, crazy. Well, the fact the fact that I'm here is a, is a I don't want to underplay my or overplay my injuries, but it's a miracle that the, yeah. the Lord saved my life. And I literally. The human body has about nine units of blood. In the initial surgery, they gave me 17 units of blood to keep me alive. Uh, my leg, every That's major crazy. component of my leg was destroyed. And the doctors and surgeons there initially in Afghanistan, then subsequently in Germany and in the United States, saved my leg on multiple occasions. Um, so it's really miraculous. And I have the longest tibial nerve graft from a cadaver. Your tibial nerve is the main nerve that goes from your spinal cord to your lower foot that controls the flexation and movement of it, all the toes and nine centimeters of mine were missing, uh, gone. And I've got cool pictures that I only send Matt that he really enjoys. Um, but they, they replaced it with a, a nerve graft from a cadaver. available on request. <laughs> yeah, free upon request. But anyway, it's a pretty, it's a miracle. Of course, well, you know, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to say like, people always, you know, make a big deal because I got nicked by a, by a truck. Um, that if, if you think that's bad, uh, this, this dude, is a testament to um he's so lucky you right i mean there's no other way about it like incredible people in the field incredible um medicine behind it and um blessed is like just the beginning of talking about it and we there's so much more to cover but i you know when i met him um the thing that the thing that was right away that that was really obvious was like he just said it like he was so He's not stubborn, but like he would just, he would just have an idea, like I'm going to ride a hundred miles, you know, and it just couldn't be stopped. And I think that the piece that I saw was also the same. It has to be the same thing that was getting him through 
all of the challenges to get to that point, you know. Um, and so the, 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 he's one of the hardest dudes I know. I'm fortunate to know some really hard people and he's <laughs> definitely up there. Um, but when we first started riding, when we did that first hundred miles, he also was like insatiable after that. And we started, that's where Moonlight Hunt Club started is that he's so crazy that he was <laughs> like, you know what? The be I've got, I, he had three girls at the time, right? I think. Uh, and, right. and he's like, I've got three little girls. I got to be home for them. And on Saturday morning, we're going to get up at 3.30 and we're going to start riding at four and we're going to get a century <laughs> in and I'll be home by nine. And that way I can crush the whole day with, with being a dad. And I was just dumb enough to be like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And we used to do that every single weekend. Um, for, for the long time. Uh, and that's how Josh and I and, and Matt started riding. And somewhere along that line, he decided that he had to do Dirty Kansas because he's from Kansas. And so I, when we come back, I definitely want to talk a little bit about that um, because I thought he was totally crazy when he, when he came up with that idea. Um, but he's now done it. How many times have you done it? Five? Uh, five consecutive D Dirty Cancer 200s and one DKXL last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just the, the casual DKXL. <laughs> Just the casual. about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you for, for this uh, intro episode. Um, subtle. Anybody wants those pictures, you can request them from me <laughs> for a fee. They are not for the faint of heart. Um, <laughs> but he loves to just drop them in my phone whenever he feels like it. So um, <laughs> luckily I'm okay with it. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being here, boys. I can't even remember what episode this is. Um, is it 33? I think it's 33. I think, yeah, I think we're on 33. And we'll be back to chat Dirty Kanza and all things endurance craziness. Thank you, sir. <laughs>